Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia, everybody. This week we have one of our favorite returning guests. It's MVK, Megan Voigt-Costner, who I just learned is also an adjunct at the university. You do everything, Megan. What's the good word? Um, You're the foremost expert in Qualtrics of anyone on campus. Yeah. I had to save Danielle a few weeks ago. She called me as an emergency. (laughs) That's okay. Yes. Um, What's the good word? I mean, it's almost break. That's exciting. Almost a holiday. It'll be fun. The other day I was in a meeting and somebody was like, yeah, now is there a form to request changes on this thing? And someone was like, isn't that just Megan's email address? <laughs> like, this is me with Qualtrics. I'm like, I got this. Like, I got this. You all, there's nothing further from how my brain works than like, at least Qualtrics isn't usually a spreadsheet, though it gives you spreadsheets of results, which is also like not my wheelhouse. But like every time I'm like, I can do this. I've got it figured out. And I felt so confident this last time. And then like the email goes out and I panic and call Megan. And this was a pretty good one. I set it up and there's an email trigger, but I sent it out so that the email trigger went to me. Not to the people that were filling out the form. So like the good news is I put this out and within like 20 minutes, I had like 30 people register. The bad news is all of the emails were just going to me instead of to them. And so um, Megan saved the day. My favorite was that you just called and you're like, I'm at daycare, that school drop off and I'm getting a million emails, help. <laughs> and then like intermittently, like we're losing each other on the phone. And I was like, okay, we got to figure it out. We're good. <laughs> what I appreciate is that she wasn't like, and it's Qualtrics. She's just like, there's just me random. Like, I'm just getting emails. Help me, Megan, please. <laughs> <laughs> Megan was luckily able to interpret Danielle speak and solve the problem expediently (laughs) so and Megan you said you are still working on grading yes I feel bad I'm sorry students if you're listening to this I'm working on it (laughs) you have until Monday at I told my faculty noon but it's actually one just assuming that they would like put it off to the last minute so you have until Monday at one I have the dreaded email from the registrar's office letting me know that I just yeah Danielle is done. So hashtag overachiever. Well, it's a lot easier because I, when you can send, it's a lot easier when you can send Megan emails and have her do your other work. (laughs) Yes. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. When I have Megan to solve my other problems, then I have plenty of time. (laughs) I'm not writing your book manuscripts. So don't be like about that. Oh, holy moly. Okay. I have a question of the week. Well, we're, we're just, we're jovial. You can tell we're all kind of loopy from like the end of the semester. What emoji is most like a real face you make in real life? So I'll go first because I've caught myself on Zoom a lot. I make this face a lot. Oh, you do. The, the emoji with like where it's like, like cringy. I think it's probably like cringy is the word. And I make that in like meetings all the time. People have told me, it's like, we can tell when things aren't going well because they look over at you and you're like. Mm. One of my most. Like, and you have to make the face for us. So. I, I, absolutely. One of my most used emojis is just like me covering my eyes, you know, because I mm-hmm. do embarrassing things and then I have to cover my eyes about it. Um, but I would say facial expressions you know there's the there's kind of like the squiggly mouth where it's like you know mm, yeah you know that's a little bit one that I think I make you know or like sideways (laughs) we actually have a a previous episode where like the if you go and look at it on YouTube like the tile is not you with your hands over your face but it's Connie Hanson like yes it's a good one it's a good one too. MVK. Oh, 
So mine, my most used emoji is like the, I don't know if I should have said that, (laughs) but um, I would say the one that I probably do the most, and it's probably to my kids is just the neutral, like, like, why are you doing this? Like, (laughs) don't do that. You know better, but I'm going to get (laughs) you. Okay. Well, there you go. People look up the emojis. If you're not, if you're listening, you can watch this also on YouTube (laughs) or you can just imagine us making the faces, which might be way more fun. (laughs) All right. So the show starts out with Michelle talking to Caitlin about the guys. Um, Because if you didn't know, it's fantasy suite week. Um, And luckily, Michelle didn't have to tell all the guys that she got intimate with all the guys. uh, Like apparently Clayton's going to have to do, which... (sighs) Um, but it seems like Michelle has more of a relationship with Caitlin than Tasha. Have you noticed that? It's like, she seems to be her confidant. I think that there's something about Caitlin. I'd like to meet Caitlin in real life because there, I think that she is a good friend and listener and is really supportive to people. And the reason that I sort of think that is she does seem to develop relationships with people on the show and it it shows a little bit differently Hmm. than with some other folks that have hosted. It seems like Tika Show has a really good broadcast voice and is very like professional, but as far as like connecting, I think she connects on a different level than Caitlin does. Hmm. Um, And I'm also curious as far as like when her and Zach started to have like troubles and become a little rocky before the big breakup like how much do that might play into some of the emotional stuff going on here you're talking about Tasha and, and zach yeah, yeah oh, okay yeah. and so no, that like, makes sense emotional heard... stuff going on like yeah. okay now i can't really talk to you about your heart like and how much you want to find love when i'm struggling to do it myself and maybe she was like gone or like trying to like maybe you you think that oh they're there the whole time but you forget that like you know they could be offset you know and they kind of break up caitlin and Tasha. so huh interesting yeah. uh so uh michelle basically says that she has uh no issues with brandon in this conversation um she has the most in common with joe and doesn't really say much about nate but in the segment caitlin tells her to pay attention to those fears and we don't really know what fears they are or at least i couldn't figure it out what what do you think the fears were that Brandon my, is not 18. <laughs> well, my guess is, you know, didn't, you know, Nate's family sort of said, hey, I don't think he's ready for this. And um, I would agree with his family. <laughs> but also, I think that um, maybe that could have been what they were discussing. But I'm also confused, like, okay, so Nate's family said that he's not ready for it, but did Brandon and Joe's family say they really were ready for it? I don't think that they said that either. That's true. I feel like Nate's family actively were like, listen, this is not going to go well. And Michelle was like, no, no, it's going to go fine. Let's just keep going. I just, I'm, I'm concerned. I feel like when your family is telling someone who's dating you to like, think twice about this, you really should heed that. Um, uh, so basically a recurring theme of this whole episode is the dude sitting on the couch pretending that they're not really worried about it, but they really are. Any thoughts about that? Are we getting anything out of this? What, um, so (laughs) I feel like this was the show's attempt to create drama because there wasn't any drama and What I will say though, and I mean, it could be editing. I felt like both Joe and Brandon were really freaking out, but like Nate especially was the one that was like, oh no, you know, I'm chill. And I don't know. I think that that says something. That he like doesn't care that she's out dating other people. I think there's that, or I think um, he's also really struggled expressing his emotions, and mm. you sort of saw that with his family, like that that that's how they communicate with each other in different ways. Um, and so, my guess is that this sort of like even if he is freaking out, that 
you know, to cover up those emotions and to put up a front is something that it wouldn't be surprising to me if that's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also just possible that he's not as into her. I think it's more awkward that they're waiting in the room when they walk in from the night with her and then they have to like, oh, how was your night? And you're like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> so weird to me. And those nonverbals are way more awkward, I think, than just like the, oh, we're going to sit in silence and twiddle our thumbs. Like, okay, now we have to have a conversation about what actually happened, but we're not going to converse about it. But I just wonder, I don't know. I wonder production wise like how that works. Like, are they like in their rooms and then they're like, all right, Joe's coming back, come sit on the couch. And then you're like, you know, it's like when your parents would tell you to come sit in the living room and you're like, are we in trouble? Are we getting a pony? Are we moving? Are you getting divorced? I just have no idea what's happening right now. It's like a new thing, right? A fairly new thing with the show that they're doing this. It's a pandemic yeah. thing, I think. I don't like it, right? Because yeah, it used to be like once you kind of hit a point where the relationship was really serious, you got to all kind of go your own ways. And I think that that was probably a lot healthier. Um, I just feel like since what was it? It was like Hannah and who were who were like the top three for Peter's season where they had that super awkward scene. Yes. And I feel like they were like, oh, this is great television. <laughs> and so they keep doing it, even though it's cringy television. <laughs> it is cringy. Well, and how, like, I don't know. I always have this conversation. So my husband was on American Ninja Warrior. And so this, like, I have a conversation with him because, like, he knows what the production kind of looks like for these weird reality TV Wait, shows. I didn't know your husband was on... That's American. so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you and just dropped that like very long, long time ago. And he doesn't like to talk about it. So that's what I say about that. But we <laughs> like to, he likes to make the point of like, so for this, they like flew him in at like 9 a.m. to Las Vegas. He's in like, not the final, like right before the finals. So the semifinals, they like tell you to show up at production at four o'clock thinking you're going to like run then in your race. You show up, you're practicing until 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. They start production, which is like why it's always dark in the stage and like there's right. so much light. And like, He's like, I had a Nike symbol. They're like scratching it off. They're like, basically you're a horse being put in a, like a shoe ready to start racing. And he's like, you have no way of like creating your own story. Mm. But like, he's like, I was on a five minute segment of like American Ninja Warrior where you're showing kind of your life where these people are on hours of television, right? It's like, who signs up for this and is willing to keep, and how much are you willing to play along versus how much can you actually stand your own ground? Yeah. Well, I think that's probably what you see with what was the guy uh, in Katie's season that like was one of the finalists that just kind of like had the meltdown. Greg. Greg. Yeah. I wonder if that was Greg's thing. Like he played the game as long as he could. And then he was just like, I'm out. I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. I think you, you even saw that in the, like the weird, like when he left. And so I, and I, think I I think you might have seen it with Martin too. Like he started mm -hmm. to say some weird things throughout this season. And then I think he kind of unfortunately dug his own grave and the things he said, but they kind of started to twist his words up on him. He's kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to keep saying them. So maybe I can get myself out. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why the people that go through this experience form such strong relationships afterwards, right? Like, so so many of the contestants are friends with each other and it's a weird bachelor bubble, right? And I think that part of it is because it really is a unique and intense and probably somewhat degrading experience. And so to have like these people that sort of understand, it's probably really hard to explain to people that haven't gone through it, what it's like. And so I think that's why you see them kind of rely on each other so much. Well, and you can't talk about it. Like if you were on Survivor, you could be like, oh, and then we had the bugs and like all of that stuff. But on the show, you have to keep up this odd, like it was magical and we fell in love and, you know. So speaking of falling in love, look at that transition. Brandon gets the first date. They ride horses. Brandon seems to be in a whole new world. 
I think he said he had never traveled out of the country. He was unsure about the horses. Uh, Michelle says he has everything he's looking, she's looking for in a soulmate. First off, soulmates. What are your thoughts on soulmates? The idea of soulmates. But Danielle, if you have something important to say, I could, you did the lean into the camera. Oh God, she's doing the emoji. <laughs> so, okay, a few things. I The question about soulmates is a great one, but like one, I just want to say, I'm like, oh my gosh, Brandon hasn't seen a horse. Annie like hasn't traveled out of the country. I'm like, there's so much changing. Like this is a big leap for Brandon. Like this is a big leap. Um, lots but really, of how many how many twelve year olds have seen a horse and been on a plane, right? <laughs> so I mean, I just I don't know. I find Brandon really endearing. Um, soulmates. I would just like to point out that she described all three of them as potential soulmates. What do you think a soulmate is, first, Bill? And then I'll tell you my thought on soulmates. I don't know. I like, that like where there's one person that you're destined to. I, I mean, I think that's probably what the the definition. Like, if you like watch Disney shows or The Notebook, yeah, it's like you got this one person, and like if you're reincarnated, you keep finding each other. I think that's where the original term came from. Is this idea that it's like no matter where your souls are, you know, they'll find each other. Megan so Wayne. So if I come back as a cat, I'll still be attracted to my husband because that's annoying. He doesn't really like cats. Yeah, but he'll fall in love with you because your souls will be bonded. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I believe in soulmates. I don't really have any thoughts on it though either. Like wow. I think you can I think you can become compatible over time and over experiences and over situations, but I don't think my soul's drawn to just love and be with someone indefinitely forever I don't know and Danielle it, like, it had to happen I feel As like you're the only who, person here that's really gonna pipe up for soulmates out of the three of us here I tend to sort of think that there's a lot of people you could probably make it work with in the world and that like in terms of like a relationship and that a lot of relationship isn't just souls melding it's you know grit and hard work right but as somebody who loves romance novels um I am willing to create space to believe in the possibility of soulmates do I do I necessarily think like really like think soulmates is like true no um but I will read a good soulmate storyline and I'm there for it that was a very like person facilitating a conversation at a, a university like I want you to prepare space for this okay now we're just we're just gonna say all positive things and this is a space where we can we can I here's my thing with soulmates I think that they create a bad precedence for how relationships work because they they create those destiny beliefs that we talk about. And then let's say you think someone's your soulmate and then they're not. Well, if they're not your soulmate, what's the point of working out the relationship, right? You should just break up with them. But there's no good relationship that ever occurs without people being able to really work. And so you either have to believe that you're soulmates with this person and you're going to work at it or you're never going to be able to really have a positive relationship. And so that's why... That's that's my kind of like push away from it. It's like I just think, is a lot of pressure. There's like is, a lot right? of human beings on this planet. Yeah. And to think that one of them you're like destined to and like that you have to find that person then like you might have to go on a lot of bachelors to figure right. it out. <laughs> Well, and imagine your high school sweetheart tells you your soulmates and you don't feel it. It's like, oh God, like, what if they're, I'm their soulmate, but they're not my soulmate. I was just thinking that. What if you right. think you're all in for somebody? I mean, that's a lot of heartbreak. Well, but at, the, but at the same time, roping it back to this, I think Brandon thinks that way though, unfortunately. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think he, uh, I think he really, really likes her. Like, I don't think that there's any question, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, they're feeling it out. He just seems really into her, which is very sweet. And I thought was very like, I was like, Oh buddy, you're going to get your heart broken bad. 
Oh yeah. So do you think that Brandon is a little Blakey though? You know, that like he could have gone on and anyone could have been the bachelorette and he would have like been giddy for them. Or do you think, cause like, I do think that his feelings for Michelle are genuine. I'm not sort of questioning that. What I'm sort of questioning is like, is he just someone who falls really hard? Megan? I think, I don't, I'm not sure that I think that he's a Blake, but I think that all the experiences combined from the Bachelorette franchise or the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, that's kind of making him more giddy, right? Like he's getting to mm-hmm. hang out with other dudes that are kind of like him, which is cool. And then all of a sudden he gets to start traveling and doing things he's never done. And that's even makes him more excited. And so then I think these experiences are also helping him flourish along with this. Oh, great. Now it's a relationship on top of it. And like all these things happening at one time, it just is meant to be. And I think we see this really commonly with our first year students at UNI or at college too, right? We get here and we get these new experiences and we meet somebody finally. It, it all is just happening all at once. And this is meant to be. And then over time, we know that things maybe change and it's not as a great of an experience, but at first, those first experiences are so great and they all happen together. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying not to make a ton of jokes about how he looks like he's 12, but I kind of feel like, well, everyone's first romance, they think it's the one. And your family's like, there's there's plenty of fish in the sea after you get broken up with. Although I hate to tell Brandon, I don't think there's a lot of women out there like Michelle. Like, I feel like she's kind of out of his league. Cling tightly, Brandon. I'm not, I'm not sure you're going to find a lot of Michelle's on Tinder, buddy. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I really brought what that makes me sad, though, is like he is going to get his heart broken. I just like feel like she's going to choose Nate. And like, at least with Brandon, there aren't the same sort of red flags, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, well, that's a good segue. So they do the uh, fantasy suites. Um, we've talked about their connection. So then we go back to the couch. Wait, Danielle, you were doing it again, the emoji. He had sexy eyes. He oh, had yeah. Sexy eyes. Like, he had the biggest case of, like, bedroom eyes. Like, when, <laughs> you know, like, he's, like, got his, like, eyes glazed over. Like, I don't know. Brandon had bed eyes. Bedroom, bed. Like, he had sexy eyes. <laughs> Are there sex- so I don't I'm know really- if I'm familiar with that term. I don't know he just like he he looks like things went well you know I don't know he kind of had like his eyes were like glazed over the glow of coitus (laughs) (laughs) yes it was like it was like he smoked love weed I don't know (laughs) Megan you were gonna say something so how how often on Bachelor Nation does do they like not give the fantasy sweet card out like are there many very very many times where they get there then they might give it to like one or two people but not all three or is it oftentimes all of them i i mean i can only think of one or two and i can't remember their names yeah kind of the same i feel like earlier on in the history of the show it was way more of a big deal to like ask this and like we're gonna ask this and this was like sort of a point of an elimination and I feel like that has really shifted almost to the point that did we even see her ask Brandon I feel like I I think she did and they all accepted yeah okay because like you know I just don't even feel like they make a big deal about Mm -hmm. like will they give the fantasy suite card you know yeah um okay so back to the couch the dudes are freaking out but playing it cool joe gets the next date they go zip lining um she keeps talking about he how he's the slice of home when she feels homesick thoughts about that as far as connections go danielle you just did my emoji face (laughs) i'm like what happens when they're home and she's not homesick does she need him anymore you know um yeah that was 
that was one of my questions or is that like her saying we have a lot in common we connect over this place that we like you know I don't know and I mean does she a lot of times like I'm just thinking back to Bachelor in Paradise when for example Joe was talking to Serena about like this is where I plan to be when I leave here and things are going to look different and so I guess has she really talked about what her plans are following the bachelorette and like does she plan on being in Minnesota again or does she plan on moving to big city or wherever maybe she plans to be wherever the new man the male she chooses is that I don't know so that's why I'm like she wanted to go back to her hometown because then maybe Joe's a great choice right because when she starts talking about it then I don't know so I think that was the interesting thing here was okay great you chose him because he's reminds you of home. He is home for you, whatever that is. But if that's what you want, that's, that's great. But if that's not what you want, you want something different. And that's kind of what you're looking for in that male that you're going to choose, then that's not a good thing. So that's where I was confused. I just didn't know if it was a good or bad term. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't really decide, but I just, yeah, she did say he was like a thousand piece puzzle and she likes puzzles. Um, uh, would you appreciate that being said about you? I don't know. I just couldn't really, like, I, the whole time I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be Joe. I feel like this is an exercise and like a very academic. Um, and then she said some stuff like that about her. I was like, she seems very tepid on him right now. Um, especially now looking back and knowing that she sends him home. It's like, it was very, I don't know. I just. Well, even after a date with Brandon, you know, to sort of like when she was like, oh Joe, you know like when they were doing the zip line and she's like he's so much more vocal than I expected and it was clear that she had concerns about how quiet he was and um and we you know we've kind of talked about this like on one hand like I do think he needs to learn how to express how he feels and like they need to be able to communicate um and so if that's what she needs and he, he wants he might need to step that up some but on the other hand I do feel like this show just isn't good for people that are introverts or quiet you know like not made for television mm. <laughs> as much and um the thousand piece puzzle I will say I was reading like a recap by Vulture um and they were kind of talking about how this is like a this is like a metaphor that would only be used by people that are emotionally mature on the show and that like in the past you would have never heard someone make a puzzle reference <laughs> yes I read the same thing yeah it cracked me up uh so after the fantasy suite Joe says uh he could have used more sleep I feel like like sex was a foregone conclusion especially after she tried to like dm him before the show started um i was just very surprised that she sent him home thoughts it was a very boring date all things considered like i didn't realize she was as playful as she was i think is brandon the one she had the food fight in bed with mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's when i was like wow she's a lot more like hands-on uh, like intimate playful than i expected her to be because a lot of times she's very professional and she sets really good boundaries. And so that's where it was like, okay. And then when she started talking about Joe not being as talkative and not sharing as much as she hoped. And so, so I was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't a good match. And I think she's starting to see it finally. So I was annoyed by the food fight in bed. Some poor person has to clean that up. Also, you're just, there's been a lot of food and food food and intimacy things on the bachelor and bachelor paradise like it will be nice when covid restrictions on travel are, are a little bit better and they can do something other than feed each other so we flip back men are on the couch again i think it was brandon and nate and they were debating on what would be better to go first or last they seem to definitely think the middle is the worst I'm not sure it was the most succinct argument I've ever heard. It was kind of like, bro, first is best because then she knows. And uh, But what are your thoughts? Who has the advantage or which would you rather be? Did you see Bachelor data? I did. Yeah, so she went through and basically 
showed the order from like i don't know the last let's say i don't know this is back to like 2015 or something okay yeah yeah. and then showed like kind of put the ring by who ended up getting chosen and i will say it doesn't seem like there's a real clear pattern there um well i don't know if they always show it to us in order too like this one was very clear that they did but production wise, like you don't know who really went. There's been seasons in the past where you really couldn't tell the difference. So I just don't know how I'd feel like about being with someone if I knew that the night before they were just with someone else. So maybe first, I don't know. Well, I was thinking first as well, because I mean, if they're like having back to back dates and they again, they probably end up half the night talking and doing other things. And so it's like, at some point you're exhausted, right? Of like, I'm tired. I just want to sleep. I need my rest and I'm going to be a jerk after day two. So I think I'd rather have the nice Michelle before the exhaustion kicks in, the taping, everything. Elaine and I were talking about that. Like it just, you got to be exhausted by that third date. And like, so each time they had like this amazing breakfast and post-coital breakfast and um with their what did you call them Danielle sex eyes um and uh it's like I'm sure for Brandon this was like this is the most decadent food I've ever seen in my life but by like the third time Michelle's like oh my god that is the same like scone and crepes we had yesterday after I woke up you know so I just feel like I would want to go first because I would want the best option, like the best version of the person. Also, I'm a very anxious person. And so I would like to just get it out of the way. I also like to antagonize people. And so I would have enjoyed being Brandon on the couch and like telling them lies about stuff and being like, she loves ketchup on everything. She had me put it on all of her food. She said she wished guys would do it without asking, like just make stuff up. I love that. Yeah. so uh, that question by the way I I put a lot of thought into a lot of stuff Megan yeah I was like I would have never thought about half of those ideas so (laughs) I'm glad you spent some time on that yeah well I I take I take this podcast very seriously I prepare (laughs) thoroughly for it uh so Nate gets uh the date the final date um he's wearing a lot of jewelry he's got a lot of confidence Um, I did see somebody online tweeted that this was really just a choice for Michelle between getting a guy who wears a lot of jewelry, some jewelry, or no jewelry at all. Um, uh, They ride on a boat. Michelle seems to be going all in, um, and he is giving some really vague answers. Um, At one point, she says, you know, she asks, like, you know, do you like me, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, I'm crazy about you. Thoughts on this statement? I felt like she was really fishing, right? Like that she really just needed him to confirm how he felt about her and to express it in the way that both Joe and Brandon already had. And then it was sort of like, I felt like he took a stab at it and it wasn't that great. And then she's like, I got clarity. (laughs) And I'm like, oh girl, you got a bad because like you're missing, you're missing some of this. Also, all their dates, like, don't you feel like all their dates were, like, shirtless on water? Because, like, they paddleboarded in Minneapolis. Nate and Michelle. Like, yes, Nate yeah, and Michelle. Yeah. All of their dates were have been, like, really the same. But Maybe if you're going to have... Like, doing that together. I don't well, know. I was going to say, if you're going to have two people be, Nate, like, shirtless and on water, like, those are probably your two best bets right there. They both looked very good shirtless and on the water. Yeah. No complaints here. Megan? I was more confused when she's asking him, like, oh, do you need to know anything else? But kind of leading up to next week in this engagement. And he's like, no, I think I'm I think I'm good. Or like or something about like the night, like, oh, do we need to like talk about things tonight? He's like, nah, I think I it was at dinner. Yeah, it was a nope. It was at dinner and she was like, So do you have anything you want to talk about? And he's like, No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> And then she brought up something. He was like, oh, yeah, we might need to talk about that. Or I should have like thought about that a little bit more. And like, yeah, yeah, you should have. Well, I think it was her, his parents basically saying like, he's not ready for this relationship. And he's, he's like, yeah, 
yeah, I guess I did say that. And <laughs> she probed some more. And then she said, are you ready to get married? Are you ready to be in love? Are you ready to be engaged? And he said, all three of them. He said, that, all three of them, bet. Bet, yeah, <laughs> bet. And then she was like, that's the clarity I needed. That's it. I, I will go first. I would not find that to be clarity if I was in a relationship. And again, I'm now 39 and have the advantage of being married and having broken up with people and had good and bad relationships. And I feel like after you, after you experience that, you kind of understand, you know, when somebody is weaseling for lack of a better term, their way out of saying that they might not feel it with you and not being totally honest, but I felt like that was a major red flag. Megan shaking her head. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, you should be talking about a little bit more than just like, Oh, an engagement. Oh, a marriage or uh, like getting married. Like what, what are our goals after we get married? Like what, because I mean, who does she, Oh, she's, they were, they were eventually talked about kids and talked about how many kids they wanted, but it was like, okay. And like, where do you plan to be at? And like, do you have any other additional goals in mind? And I don't know, there were, there were some weird moments on this date that I just, yeah, red flags all around. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like he doesn't sort of like how will you talk about Brandon being like, not in her ballpark. I feel the same way about Nate. Um, emotionally like emotionally and maybe even an intel i mean intellectual level um i just don't think he has the same depth as her um i yeah. i agree i feel like the the way he talks where he's like all oh, three bet it's like maybe cute now but i have a feeling like three years into the relationship she was like jesus h stop saying those like stupid buzzwords that 17 year olds say on tiktok like, I, I think to that point, I feel like she seems like she is much more mature and she's going to be like, let's watch a documentary. And he's going to be like, let's watch Fast and the Furious 15. <laughs> or she'll be like, oh, I just left my classroom. Now I'm back home in another one. <laughs> like, that is one true. Thing I, one thing that I, you know, this is like another place where I was like, are there just things that we didn't see? Right. Like, is this an edit? Because like, Michelle does seem so sort of clear headed about things that I'm like, how is she like missing this? Um, and so I'm like, is this just like, are we missing some things? Cause she also describes him as being very, um, I think she described it him in an earlier episode as him being pretty smart and intelligent. And I don't necessarily think that he seems like stupid, but I don't feel like, I don't know that I feel like I've seen that and so there is just like a part of me that is like is this just her like being smitten and like missing what the rest of us can see or is this editing Ooh, Megan just did the emoji I just saw her. like the the stern like I just I'm just kind of thinking to myself how much of all three of these is she falling back into like the teacher role or the caregiving role of like I need to take care like Brandon and like we talk about him being very young or feeling very young and I mean he does but like again I don't think Joe is very mature I mean he has a lot like he's talked about his mental health issues like after leaving basketball and how much he kind of needed to go home and be cared for for a little while and Nate really just doesn't seem to have it together so how much is she trying to pick up for all three of these men throughout their relationships good question I agree and that's, just, the, that's the concerning part leading into next week is just oof. yikes. Like where are you going to place yourself and <clears throat> how much caregiving are you going to need to do at the end or picking up after them? I feel like caregiving, go ahead, Danielle. Oh, I just said, bring Rodney back. <laughs> I just feel like caregiving for your significant other is like a-okay when you're first dating and you want to do it. But then, and you all would know better than me, you get kids into the mix and you get a job and it's like, you quickly are like, I don't really want to, I didn't really sign up to have another child. Like, you know, I, I wanted to have a partner that I could share stuff with. So. 
right? Like you don't want to be the only person adulting in your relationship, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or I need to come to you for advice on other things that right. you aren't up to the intellectual standard of having this conversation. And that's, that has to be really difficult. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So then the rose ceremony happens. Uh, Brandon takes Michelle aside and gives her a really sweet statement about how much he cares about her. He wants to be picked, but also wants her to be happy. I thought that was as much as I've given him crap about being young. Like that was a very mature statement. I felt like um it was I but I know. also oh go 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 ahead Megan no I loved Nate in the middle of it. he's like he's trying he's throwing the Hail Mary he knows he's going home and I was like wow Nate way to like wrap it back around on like how I mean Nate is acting very much like Brandon's a child and he has to argue with him and put him in his place and so that's why I was like oh Nate you have to bring it bring it back and make the the remark well and I just feel like men who use sport metaphors to explain everything probably have some maturity issues anyways like you know you we should at some point in our lives be able to explain something without being like and then they went to first down and then they threw the counter punch and they scored the goal in sport ball in sport ball I I didn't know where they were where Brandon was going with this because you did sort of see him because he had the first date and I think he felt like oh what we had was so special but then seeing the other two guys come back and feel the same way. I think he started to really question if he, you know, like if he was interpreting his relationship with Michelle correctly. And I like thought that he was going to sit down and be like, Oh, I like really care about you and I want you to be happy. And so if that's not with me, like I I'll just remove myself. Like, you know, I thought that he was going to remove himself potentially. Like I didn't, I didn't know where that moment was going um the whole episode was a long build-up for like a lot of drama in like two minutes so here's a question if you all thought if you were surprised that joe got sent home did you think it was brandon that was going to get sent home i did megan i i thought brandon was going home especially after just how I thought that was going to be the drama of it because how in love he was and then she was going to have to break his heart. And then it was going to be like, okay, nation, look at this. Like this poor guy's brokenhearted. We're leading into next week. And yep. it was like, oh, like, like Rodney Harding where you're like, oh, really? Did we have to send him home? Just one more week? Yeah. I didn't think he was self-selecting. I thought he was going to tell her how much he cared for her again. And she was going to be like, that's great. So like, and I, and that would have been the nice thing to do, right. Instead of making you stand there and not get the rose and then you come back. And so, so then the Greg thing where like, Oh, I'm really, really in love with you. And if this isn't your choice then I'm out. Right. But like, I thought he was going to throw it all out there and say like, we're in or we're out because I'm all in and you don't seem to be all in. Yeah. So um, then uh, she sends a shocker Joe home um, and I didn't see that coming. I don't feel like anyone else thought, saw this coming. You know, it was hard because I, you know, like I just didn't know. So I wasn't necessarily surprised that Joe was the one that went home because, but I also, I just didn't know who I thought she was going to choose because in my head, I'm like, well, clearly you just send Nate home, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Brandon expressed how he felt about you. Joe isn't that talkative and he still figured out how to express how he feels about you. And Nate's like, uh, all three. <laughs> Yo dog. You had to give him a multiple choice question in order for him to like have any comments, right? Like, and so, I mean, there's like, but I didn't see that happening, right? So like what was hard is like, I was like, well, clearly she should just send Nate home, but that's not who she's going to. So it's going to be Brandon or Joe. And I didn't really feel like I thought one had any up on the other. I just feel like Nate, as a however old he is, gives a mixtape and gift certificates for a back rub and feels like that is a really, really good gift. Like, (laughs) and pats himself on the back for that forethought you know so oh he's 27 oh yeah as a 27 year old he's like i've made you this mixtape it's fire and here's some gift certificates for a back rub 
It's like I think that he's just having fun, and I think that he likes Michelle. That that's it. You know, like I don't think that he's fake liking Michelle or anything like that. But like, I just don't think that he's ready for an engagement. Mm -hmm. I think that he's having a good time on the show. So are we predicting a uh, catastrophic end? Is that what I'm hearing? No, you think she's going to end up with someone? Megan shaking her head. Oh, I think she's going to end up with Nate. And I think that she'll be happy doing it. But I just don't, I don't know. It's not going to be exciting. I don't feel like. I, I think she picks I think Nate. What you said, yeah, she picks Nate. I think that what you said thought was going to happen this episode, Megan, with Brandon, I think is going to happen next episode. We're going to see Brandon. Gosh, 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 how much he loves her. Nate's going to be like, no. Nah. <laughs> and then she's going to choose Nate. Um, or, or I don't know if Nate won't propose. You know, that's what or, I think. I think there's going to be like a, a thing with her and Nate where she's going to basically like, you know, I love you. And he's going to be like, I think you're cool. <laughs> Do you think that Brandon's going to spiral? I think Brandon might spiral. Mm, yeah. That's I think gonna it's going to be like the, the Jason Mesnick episode where he like oh. Nate and um, Nate and Michelle are totally in love, but like Brandon's so devastated, like Molly was like so devastated, right? Where it's like, they're out, they're mad, they are crazy. And then it's going to come back to the reunion where they're still heartbroken. Mm. Oh, three hours. We get three hours of it. Ooh. Three Less. hours. Yeah. No. But like. 40 minutes of actual television true and like right before the holidays too it's like yeah. i'm sorry i can't come to this holiday party because i have to watch the bachelorette for three hours well i would love to have an excuse not to go to a holiday party <laughs> i'm I, I i have no interest in things like that all right so lessons whatever, learned bill. whatever <laughs> whatever bill i'm inviting you over for I don't know. What do people here's, do at holiday Here's how parties? I do a holiday party. I come in, I make a horrible like showing of myself eating way too much because I can't handle myself around small food. I get my like four drinks and then I'm like, all right, wrap it up here. I don't want to talk about stuff. I don't want to talk about kids. I don't want to talk about work. I want to go home fairly buzzed and watch reruns of 30 Rock. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas, y'all. Well, I think that you just started a new diet program. It's like, you know, like it's like large foods. Like your like goal next year is like only surround myself with large foods. There's small foods and there's large foods. And I can handle myself around large foods. Yeah, but the small foods, I just keep eating them. I love it. <laughs> Lessons learned. Not to invite Bill if there's small food. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, don't be so in love that you don't look for those red flags, especially the simple ones. Oh, that was deep. And oh, and since I'm a sur uh, I like to give surveys, or that's what I do <laughs> in my profession. Multiple choice is always the answer. Don't leave an open-ended question out there because no one ever responds. Nice. Oh, that's great. Like Megan's like, no, like that's how she should have handled it with everyone. Yeah. Just like. Yes or no. There's only certain <laughs> things you want to know and you only give the options of what you want to know. So I could use that life advice because I'm open-ended questions all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boundaries, Daniel, boundaries. Um, I, I felt like I said something that was smart earlier, but I forgot about it. I is, yeah. So I need time to think, Bill. Uh, so I'm going to dip back, I think, and Elaine can correct me at some point if I'm wrong. She did a study one time with older women who had left their husbands. And I think this came from it and she was asking them advice. And one of them said, don't do anything when you start dating someone that you don't want to do for the rest of the relationship. And so I think like when you start dating someone, if you set it up that you're going to be their mom and like take care of all of the things, then they're going to expect it your whole relationship. So don't start doing things, hoping that they get better, like set them boundaries. That's, that's great advice. She actually, it's a, if you can find the study, Elaine Eshbaugh, 
uh, Dr. Elaine Eshbaugh. And it was like lots of interesting advice from women who their spouse had died. And basically a lot of them were like, it was a good run. I'm kind of <laughs> happy not being married anymore. <laughs> oh, future goals. So my grandma's also, my grandma's both lost their husbands, like, who like really early in life, like between 60 mm-hmm. and 65, like for how young they were. So anyway, so they both, after the, my grandpa's passed away, we always asked like, oh, are you going to remarry? And they're like, hell no. Like we already took care of enough. We'll, <laughs> we'll go hang out with our grandkids and do whatever we want. I, no it men. made me. It made me happy to know all the women were like, I love my husband and I love being married. And now I love not having a husband and I love not being, and it's like, wow, you really can, can enjoy both. There we go. Awesome. I, um, you know, I think I'm going to go with actually the advice that Caitlin gave, which is like, if you do feel like, if you notice these things that you're having fears around to pay a little, pay attention to them, that they're trying to tell you something. So that's what I'm going to go with. That's a good one. Cool. All right. MVK shout outs. How should Uh, we end? Shout outs. Well, since I'm grading, I'll give a shout out to the students who still have not received their papers. Oh, I also have exciting news. We're expecting in June. So exciting. shout out to a new baby, but, um, into my kids currently have have a good holiday and all my Christmas cards went out. So that's a good thing too. And yeah. How are you feeling? I'm I'm like, okay, so I'm like 17, 18 weeks along. So at this point, or I'm far enough that it's fine. Yeah. I'm good. We've done this before. What a great way to end. Yeah, it is a great way to end. Oh, that made me happy. Circle of life. (laughs) Circle of life. Well, thanks, Megan. Thanks for being on the show, Megan. Of course. Everybody have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks for listening.